Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working every day to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from becoming the heroes of our own stories. As promised in a previous podcast, in a previous episode, I figured now would be a good time to talk about what exactly are self-limiting beliefs. It only took 16 episodes to finally touch on this topic. And I also feel that this is probably the best time for me to discuss this because I had something really big come up for me oh, just this week. The, the week that I am recording this podcast, I am over halfway through an intuitive eating group that I'm a part of that goes for six weeks. And we were tasked with bringing a fear food to the call that we had this week. And this is any food that you have some kind of fear around that you can't have it for some reason or you're going to get fat or whatever the excuses that we have. And as I've shared, I don't have the best relationship with food, which is why I jumped at this opportunity to try this session and learn a little more. And when we got to this time, I was kind of curious, oh man, I haven't really restricted any of the food that I've been eating. I've allowed myself to eat whatever I want. I don't know what this fear food is, what it would be for me when Someone else on the call is like, oh my God, I know exactly what it is I'm going to be bringing. This is what my fear food is. And I was, we'll say astonished when what came to my mind was that, oh, my fear food is expensive food. You think, well, Expensive food, you know, just don't spend that much money. And that's been one of the things that has dictated the kind of food I allow myself to eat. Story within a story here. At my previous job, we had a team trip where we went to Boston, Massachusetts. And while we were there, we were eating out this one time and the company was the one paying for the meal and everything and I really wanted to get the crab legs and I saw how much the crab legs are I'm like oh man I really really I feel so guilty ordering those and the logic that I had is even though someone else is paying for it. I'm not going to get something that I wouldn't pay for myself. I'm not going to buy the crab legs for myself. So how can I justify having these crab legs if someone else is buying them? There's just something about that that felt so wrong. And I even had my manager tell me it's okay. He had me talk with the director of our team, and she's like, if you want the crab legs, order the damn crab legs. It's not that big of a deal. And in the end, what I chose to do was get crab cakes instead. And I was telling this to this group 
that I couldn't, I, I really could not allow myself to get the crab legs. So I went with the crab cakes and I didn't like them. Why? Because I wanted crab. This had crab in it, but there was a lot of other stuff in there that detracted from the crab meat, and I didn't enjoy the meal. And that was my mistake. Knowing that, I just two days ago get done with my work day and I place an order online for my dinner and it was a much more expensive meal than I usually get and to add a little bit of clarity to this what I want what I want to say here is I was looking on Google Maps to try and find an expensive restaurant that I could order some food from to take home with me. Imagine my astonishment when the two most expensive restaurants that I know of here, according to Google's metrics or how other people have rated these restaurants like if you're looking for restaurants on Google it you can sort them out by price and they go by dollar signs so you have one dollar sign two three four being the most expensive imagine my shock when I look at these two restaurants and the most expensive restaurants that I know about that are pretty close to my home were listed as two out of four for price. And when I saw that, of course, there's there are these gourmet restaurants that we don't have any of them around here because we're not that hoity-toity, I guess. And that's even being disrespectful. I don't think those kind of restaurants would be very welcome here because a lot of the people around here are just more down to earth or something. Oh, that still sounds like I'm being disrespectful. We'll just say that a lot of the people around here, I think, would lift their nose up if there was a very expensive like gourmet restaurant that moved into town here. They wouldn't accept it. Here I am. I've ordered myself this dinner, and it's more expensive than I've ever spent on myself ever for a meal. I bring it home, and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to enjoy this meal. And while I was in the middle of it, I started to dissociate. I was checking out and almost got to a point where I was just scarfing down my food. You'd think with how much money I spent on this, I would take the time to enjoy it and eat it slowly, and I wasn't. 
and I brought that up and I let the therapist know about this and I was verbally processing what was going on inside of me as I'm having this meal and what it was doing, what was coming up for me. I grew up in a home that would be classified as comfortably lower middle class. And when my parents divorced when I was in high school, I heard quite a bit about how close we were to the poverty line and how we might need to go to the food bank or get food stamps in order to just try and make ends meet. And my mom would joke around saying that all our groceries for that week were going to be weenies and beans because that's all that we could survive off of. Only she never really could say that. She always called them beanies and weens. Even if she tried really hard, she just kept calling them beanies and weens. I still laugh when I think about that. That was how I grew up. It We never had anything that was terribly expensive. We oftentimes couldn't afford it. And here I am with a meal that cost me about $60. And I'm even a little ashamed to admit that's how expensive my meal was, was $60, just for me. I was trying to explain away and justify why it was okay for me to have this meal. With the mental health stuff that my wife and I have been working through, we've taken a lot of drives. A lot of drives just to clear the air, to get out of the house, to see the scenery. And one of the things Libby loves to do is drive through and get a coffee. She likes to have her sweet treat to help her cope with what's going on. I said no to a lot of drinks for myself. And that was how I was able to justify spending $60 on one dinner because I said no to enough drive-through coffees to cover the cost for that three or four times over. And even then, I, I could not allow myself to accept that it was okay for me to have this meal. And then the messages started coming into my mind. The intrusive thoughts, you can even call them. How can you spend so much money on one meal when this could cover almost half of a week's worth of groceries? Why would I spend this much money if you're hearing any noise in the background, that's my wife cleaning up stuff in her craft room. I'm sorry if that's coming through at all. <laughs> Why would I spend this much money on one meal that is going to be done and gone when that is almost the cost of a brand new video game that is going to last me 
hours going into weeks or months. And when I was just processing what was going on inside of me, I said that when I really boil it down, I don't deserve to have this meal. And when I said that, the therapist looked at me and said, that's it. That's it right there. That's what we're referring to with self-limiting beliefs. These are the messages that we tell ourselves that we truly believe that are telling us that we're not good enough. I have talks with clients where they're wrestling with this concept of them being bad. They're a bad person because of what they do, because of what they engage in, because of what they even think. They're a bad person. And I help them reframe these thoughts to try and challenge these beliefs. And here I am with this very, very deep core belief inside of me that I'm not deserving. I'm not deserving of good food. Or not even that. I'm not deserving of things that can bring me joy. I'm not a deserving person. I don't deserve it. It's as if I haven't done enough to make it even remotely reasonable that I can have whatever this is. In this case, it was a meal. How many times have I told myself something similar about anything? I'm not deserving of this job. I'm not deserving of this friendship or this relationship. I know when I was in high school and college, I constantly was telling myself that I never could find a romantic interest, someone who could reciprocate to me anyways. And I must not have deserved it. I must have deserved to just be alone, just be a hermit, a recluse. Those are self-limiting beliefs. I wonder what yours are. I wonder what the messages are that you tell yourself that kneecap or pull the rug out from underneath you and tell you, no, you can't have that or you're not good enough. These are very broad because again, I don't know what your self-limiting beliefs are. So I'm sticking with broad with the exception of when I'm talking about myself. I can be very specific. Yet I encourage you Think about what you tell yourself. What do you tell yourself in order to prevent you from taking that step toward whatever it is that you're trying to achieve? 
that one goal, that dream, that passion, that desire? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to have as a part of your life? And you convince yourself that you can't have it or it's too impossible. There's no way it's ever going to happen. In fact, I have heard it said because of the work that I do helping people work through addictions that a part of the addictive mind is we use language such as always or never. This absolute language. The language that Obi-Wan says is the language of Siths. And then Yoda says it later in episode 5. Anyways, that's beside the point. If you find yourself using that kind of language, things like, I'll never be good enough, or I always do that, I always make the same mistake. While the communities that I work in will say that that is a part of the addictive mindset, I would also say that that is a part of the self-limiting beliefs within us. If you, if you were to actually apply some scrutiny to these messages that tell you you're not good enough, you're not capable, this always happens, this never happens, how true would those be? Those absolute statements. How true would they be? I think about myself. I believed that I would never find a partner. I would never find someone that I could share life with. 14 years ago, that changed. I met someone. If I have that thought that says that I don't deserve to have those kind of close relationships, I have just eliminated 14 years of experience that says otherwise. So it doesn't always turn out that way. And that's one of the things that often happens when we focus on these self-limiting beliefs and we actually put them under some level of scrutiny. Nothing grand, but do those things always happen that way? Or do things never turn out for you? Or are we just stuck in a moment of negativity that is telling us, Yes, this is true, and it's completely negating all of this evidence that says otherwise. That's what I'm talking about whenever I say self-limiting beliefs. And these have an impact in our lives that is so profound and so powerful that most attempts to try and change this is never going to find the results that we're looking. There it is, never. I, <laughs> I caught myself. I'm using the absolute, absolute language. But the results that we're looking for are going to be 
difficult to find so long as we hold on to these beliefs and these messages that are telling us anything otherwise. What do we do with these self-limiting beliefs? One of the things that I heard from a couple of sources now is you take the negative message. Let's face it, self-limiting beliefs are typically negative. We take these negative thoughts, we write them down. I heard it that you write it down on a note card, a three by five note card. And on one side, you write down, I am not deserving of blank. Or I believe that I'm not good enough for fill in the blank. You write down whatever the self-limiting belief is. Me, I'm not deserving. I don't even need to get specific on that one because that goes into a lot of different things. I'm not deserving. So I write down, I'm not deserving on one side. And then you flip it over. Then you write down, that's not true. And you write down an opposing statement, a positive statement. Some would even say you write down the truth. Some people turn to spiritual practices and spiritual writings to come up with what these truth statements are. If that's something that's helpful, then by all means, do it. Do whatever is going to help you discover these positive and good traits about yourself. When we are so stuck in this negative, in these limiting areas of our lives, it's going to keep us stuck where we are. We'll be too afraid to take those brave steps towards something different. We'll be too paralyzed, too riddled with fear, or even too depressed to do anything different. And I've been there so many times. I clearly am still there. It's a hard place to get out of. And maybe you saying it to yourself isn't going to be enough. Maybe you need to hear it from someone else. Maybe you can ask someone to share with you what it is that you need to hear. I've done that. It's a liberating and freeing experience to do that. I encourage a lot of people to do the same thing. At the beginning of every podcast, I say that we are on a journey to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from being anything less than our best. These are what we're looking for. This is what is going to prevent you from taking those brave steps and making the necessary change to do what it is that you truly desire to do. And I encourage you, challenge those beliefs. Challenge those thoughts. Give it the time that you need 
give it the practice necessary for this to become a habit. This is so important for us to become the heroes of our own stories. We need to stop preventing ourselves from leaving the comfort of what we know in order to adventure into the great unknown because we're not good enough. Or there's no way I could do that. Challenge those. I hope that this has encouraged you. It's encouraged me. I'm reminding myself this is what I need to do for myself, really. And until next time, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me. Let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.